Hello there. It's Most Things Kenobi. This is the podcast you're looking for. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And... As we always do, we start by giving a thanks to James Arnold Taylor for recording the intro to this episode and all episodes so far. What a wonderful human. Go on over. Give that Jedi some love on the socials, would ya? So today we have a really fun topic. I'm really excited to talk about this one. So am I. It's deep. It's good. It has a lot of different angles that we can go with, and it probably deserves more than one episode, but we're going to try and do it in one. (laughs) We're going to try and do it in like 30 minutes or less. Yes. (laughs) Which is always a challenge for us. Very challenging. So today we're going to discuss what makes a perfect Jedi. Yes. Does such a thing exist? I think so. And, well, you brought up a really good point of... Does that mean according to the code or does that mean right. according to our ideas of what makes a good Jedi or what? You know, it's kind of like could be defined a couple different ways. Yeah, because I have an idea of what my perfect Jedi embodies, right? And it could be summed up in one word, Luke. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for the sake of an episode... It's either what I think is a perfect Jedi or what I think a Jedi should be and have the qualities that they should carry with them. But then there's also, like, does the code dictate, and by the code, the Jedi code, does that dictate what a quote-unquote perfect Jedi is? I don't know. That's what we're going to get into. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I went to Wikipedia for most of my info. I did find a really good article on Reddit that helped me when I had questions about, like, cosmic force versus living force, because that's also part of, like, Jedi ethos. But where did you get your research? Where where did you find your stuff? Well, I wanted to... I really wanted to dig into the code because I think the code is defining of the Jedi and is defining of their downfall. So I think it begins and ends with that goddamn Jedi code (laughs) that they were, (laughs) you know... Uh, forced to live by, if you will. Um, So I kind of studied it, and and when I studied it, I tried to think of examples in my mind. What's the first Jedi, you know, well-known or not well-known, that comes to mind when I think of, you know, the things listed in the code, which I shall read for anyone who is not familiar. Yeah, let's do that. That's a good idea. With the Jedi code... The Jedi Code goes like this. There is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is only the Force. So that's the Jedi Code, right? And they were supposed to abide by that. But I believe that it was also extremely (sighs) strapping. Yes. Um... It, it caused their downfall. I think it was it played a huge part, I'll say, in the demise of many Jedi. I think whenever you restrict natural inclination, 
It's like what they say even about like dieting, right? If you tell yourself you can't have a thing, that's the thing that you crave the most. Yeah, I think um, it's not that the code doesn't mean that you can't have these things. I think the word balance needs to be emphasized more in this code, in all the codes, you know, Sith, Grey Jedi, whatever. For sure. But like, where is the balance? Because, so there is no emotion, there's peace. Well, there's emotion. You have to have some emotion, right? You just can't go mm-hmm. overboard like Anakin did, you know? Ahsoka has emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she corralled it at times. At times she didn't, but there was a balance well, there. And there's times where she tried to corral it in Anakin, too. Yes. And so did Obi-Wan. And, it, you know, it's... Then you look at Luke, who, if he didn't have the emotions that he had, let's say, in Empire Strikes Back, would he have gone after Han and Leia? And any of the Bespin stuff would have happened, you know? He had right. very strong emotions. I have to go save my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe it was rash at the time, you know, think through this. He is a Skywalker. They don't think first. They just act first. We love them for it. <laughs> right. Very dramatically, by the way. <laughs> but he didn't, you know, he didn't go overboard with it. He didn't go in just killing everybody like Anakin probably would have, you know, get away from my family, stay away from my friends, you know, and then just starts beheading people like. Right. <laughs> God bless Anakin. <laughs> but Luke, you know. Was patient, which is also on, you know, part of all of this. The patience part of, like, mm-hmm. thinking through things, you know. And that's that's kind of like, I believe Obi-Wan had quite a bit of passion. I just think he thought more. He was more methodical with, uh, he thought and then executed and left a lot of it out, I think. Right. When I wonder, like, when that came in. Because, like, if you read the Jedi Apprentice novels... They talk about how he was much more rash as a young person. Granted, those aren't canon. They're legends now. But they implied that he had serious issues with anger and was self-conscious and was overreacting sometimes or like mm-hmm. hyperreactive without thinking ahead. But it's it's interesting that you talk about balance because I actually wrote a note here as well that I think the most balanced Jedis are Luke ahsoka and qui-gon that's exactly what i have written down the those three are what i have written down yes and i think it's because they have the greatest level of internal peace Mm -hmm. and it's not that they don't have emotion but they're able to understand that their actions don't need to be driven necessarily by emotion and sometimes that's hard learned like i think ahsoka and luke learned that by making mistakes yes because Empire Strikes Back, obviously, it's like part of the hero's arc is part of it is you make a huge mistake that usually results in like physical damage to your body, which is he loses his hand in Empire I mean, Strikes every Back. every Skywalker loses an appendage <laughs> at some point. <laughs> it's required by Jedi law. Yes. <laughs> so like, we don't know how, I mean, I guess in Master and Apprentice, you see a little bit of Qui-Gon's training in younger years, but we know for sure that, like, Ahsoka, her inner peace is hard fought. Mm-hmm. You know, she's gone through, like, what we talked about in some pre- prior episodes, um, the Jedi who knew too much. Is that what the episode yes. is called? Yeah. You know, and that's the stuff with Barris. Yeah. 
And then her, not expulsion, but like she leaving the Jedi Order leads to some pretty hard lessons in season seven, which then brings her full circle back around to like, she really knows herself much better now, especially maybe since she gets away from Anakin for a while. She's had time to sit and think and reflect and see where she needed the balance, where she was too heavy in one way, too light in another. You really see it in the Mandalorian too. She's so mm-hmm. like centered in the the way she refuses to train Grogu, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> and because of the attachment with the Mandalorian. What did she say? She saw the best fall. Obviously speaking about her master, Anakin. Mm-hmm. And really if you think about it, everyone has emotion. Anyone could give in to too much of that, you know, so I want my perfect Jedi to have some, Mm -hmm. you know, I want them to have that because otherwise you're just a wet paper towel. Like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) ew, (laughs) ew, (laughs) dare I say you end up like Luminara? Oh, yeah. It's funny you say I just watched that episode the other night Mm. where Ahsoka and Barriss get trapped and... The right. Ocean foundry, yeah, metal foundry, and Luminara is like she's kind of a badass. I really like her, but then she's also so cold. And she, I, I was listening to her in that episode, trying to give her like benefit of the doubt and trying to see it in a different way. And it's like she was a good Jedi mm-hmm. because she was really strict with that code. Like she lived by the code. Yeah, she was. Like, Kiari Mundi always, like, drives me crazy. <laughs> like, when, uh, not Cody, um, Lauren is like, good luck, Commander, or whatever. And Kiari is like, there's no such thing as luck. It's like, come on, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you Ease up, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you such a dick? Come on. Yeah, so there we have we have an example. Luminar being a fantastic Jedi, truly skilled, mm-hmm. but she could have found a little more balance when it came to being less detached from, mm-hmm. you know, her Padawan. I mean, come on. I mean, but did that make her a better Jedi for it? Right. That's kind of what, when I was researching this, I started to fall into this vicious cycle of like, well, does that make you a good Jedi or does it make you, it was just like, what is the answer? It's like an existential issue that I feel like I don't really have an answer for anymore. The more I read about it, the less I felt like I could grasp it. That's why I think it's fun. This is fun to talk about and it probably deserves more than one episode, right? Because, yeah, I mean, so I went through the list of all the different things discussed in the Jedi Code and I came up with Luke for almost every single, well, for every single one. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka for two of them, Qui-Gon for three, and Obi-Wan for one. And those are yeah. just the ones that came to my mind immediately. I'm sure if I thought, like, you know, Ayla Sakura was very good. She was very oh, yeah. even keeled. She, you, you know, you can look back at the episode in The Clone Wars where um, Anakin was hurt. Ahsoka was really distraught about it. But it's a good lesson because it, you know, are they peacekeepers? Were, were were they peacekeepers? And that the Lerman taught Ayla and the rest of them some reflection on 
are, are you, I mean, you're fighting, you're fighting for what you believe in, but are you peacekeepers? So, right. Cause they were pacifists. So it was like, I thought that was a really interesting, that was a really interesting, um, juxtaposition of yes. the pacifist next to the Jedi using force, not necessarily the force, but like physical force for the good, you know, for the greater good. Actually, that was one of the first thing I wrote down. Knowledge, the force, self-discipline were the considered like the three pillars of the Jedi strength. Right? And then they they were like a unified group of people who used the force for the greater good to protect people. But they still used force. And we don't see that in Clone Wars because it's a kid's show. They very rarely like kill living beings. But in in the movies, in books, in the cartoons or the comic books, there's definitely like physical violence against living beings. And they don't, obviously, they're not supposed to attack unarmed creatures. But like even Luke in Return of the Jedi, when he goes to Jabba's palace, force chokes those Gamorreans like all they did was stand in his way. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to strangle you. It's really funny to watch that again. He just put him out for a few minutes. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to tell myself. It was just he he put them to sleep and they're yeah, fine. Yeah, they're, they'll wake up dazed and confused and it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, and like, I love that scene. I love that sequence. I love seeing Luke be powerful yes. like that. Yes. But he just, he doesn't double, um, he doesn't second guess himself. Mm-hmm. Also a great quality in a, in a Jedi. You know who never mm-hmm. second guessed himself? Obi-Wan. He was always very yeah. sure. I mean, so sure. I would say he, he only second-guessed himself when it came to personal matters. Yeah. Inward. Inwardly, I would say he questioned himself. Outwardly, you know, dubbed the negotiator. You know, wartime, no hesitation. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He knew what he had to do. He got it done. No hesitation. Well... And, like, Anakin was his probably greatest weak point. Yeah. As much as people like to think it's Satine, I think he was pretty sure what his feelings were. I mean, he made it pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, even if he loved her, he wasn't going to leave the order for her, and he wasn't going to really sacrifice his honor for her. Right. But for Anakin, he, like, laid himself out there. He's the only person he's ever said out loud, I loved you. Yes. And... There is always Qui-Gon in the back of his mind. A promise, you know, to yeah. to take this child that was supposed to be Qui-Gon's Padawan. And, you know, Qui-Gon is... For the There Is No Chaos, There's Harmony, I put Qui-Gon down for that. And Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I find that there is... Qui-Gon was... The the harmony, not so much in, you know, everything's blissful, everything's... I'm talking like harmony in that he understood, he understood it was this way. He understood that it could be different. He wasn't afraid to speak. And he was okay with that. Uh, Like, he knew that there were faults with the Jedi. He knew there was faults with, you know, the Republic, I guess. And, and, but it was like okay to him. It was, it was like fine for him. I don't know if I'm I'm eloquently putting it properly. You're more of a Qui-Gon-ist than I am, but I just find that his his whole like he's very centered and that's the harmony that I think. He's not chaotic. I don't find him chaotic whatsoever. No, I don't think so at all. But 
like he's not afraid of action. He doesn't shy away from his duty. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of dueling. He seemed very politically savvy. Mm-hmm. He seemed very affectionate to Anakin. He seemed ready to make peace with Obi-Wan eventually, even though they had contention mm-hmm. in um, Phantom Menace. I think that Qui-Gon is um, one of my favorite characters because he's warm. Mm-hmm. He is super balanced and centered, but he's really powerful. And I love that he just doesn't take shit from the council. That's that's it. They didn't like him for that. I even wrote one of my headlines once on a blog was like, Jedi Council, judgy people who can't keep their opinions to themselves. 100% <laughs> like, true. <laughs> they had this idea of living by the code, which is a problem for someone like me because I really believe there's more than one right way to mm-hmm. live a life. Mm-hmm. And there is no strict rule that everyone should live by. And I think that's why I really relate to Qui-Gon because he's all about like the living force and the cosmic force and like trying to find his place among that. It was He was more inclined to be loyal to the force than to the code, and I think that's what made him a successful Jedi. And he kept trying to get Obi-Wan to listen to the Force more Mm -hmm. and live by the code less. Like, it was a good... It's more like a guideline. Yeah. (laughs) Like Jack Sparrow says. (laughs) (laughs) They're more like guidelines. (laughs) Can you just use it as as just a reference piece as opposed to, you know, a full-on must-live this way shan't live any other way like come on you know yeah i don't know the people who seem to stick to the code the most seem to have the saddest lives sometimes (sighs) i don't know maybe that's not even a true statement because anakin's pretty sad (laughs) they're all sad because it's star wars (laughs) yeah Right, Ahsoka's sad, Lucas sad. All, Pretty much every it's all one makes me sad. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we just took a huge downturn in this, but it's Star Wars, and we we understand the subject matter here. <laughs> you should always bring a box of tissues to every Star Wars every single time. But you could you yeah. could argue that the hardships and struggles, and this applies to real life as well, the hardships and struggles develop a good Jedi. If they learn from it, like Ahsoka, if you want to use her as an example, been put in many different scenarios, a little bit of Obi-Wan in her, a little bit of Anakin in her, you know, kind of wrestling with both. But she comes into her own person and she lives by her own standards. And that's what makes her great because she learned. Yeah, I mean, she lived through the worst of it, right? Everyone around her died, or she thought, and was left alone. In a world of turmoil, and she had to come to grips with, okay, this is not the way it is anymore, so what is the way? And I think a lot of that self-growth we see in Luke, because he doesn't really have anyone to show him. He has a couple old texts and, like, Obi-Wan's time with him, but that's (laughs) Cranky Yoda force ghost. Yeah, and and how how can I forget Yoda? But, you, you know, that's not a lot. It's not like a whole council. It's not a whole school. It's not. Right. And I think a lot of what makes a good Jedi a great Jedi is just their innate ability to feel the force and they're a good person. You know, 
I hate to bring in Marvel, but it, it goes back to the whole, like, <laughs> when they told Steve Rogers, we're not looking for a good soldier, we're looking for a good person, right? Mm-hmm. So is it a good Jedi or is it a good person that we're talking about? What right. makes a great Jedi? A great person or someone who's great at abiding by these strict rules? Right. I mean, personally for myself, I, of course, prefer, like, a good person who's compassionate and uses their power for the betterment mm-hmm. of those around them. I actually wrote something interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's interesting. Can I say I wrote something interesting? <laughs> I wrote something after reading um, some stuff on Wikipedia. After I read the three pillars of Jedi strength are knowledge the force and self-discipline and i wrote like is self-discipline confused with self-denial hmm that's an excellent question i was doing a little research in like the exact definition of what that would be and i found something that was i thought pretty fascinating where self-denial is different than like selflessness or the lack of self it is an act of letting go of the self with altruistic abstinence the willingness to forego personal pleasures or undergo personal trials in pursuit of the increased good of another so it's like if you're really trying to be self-disciplined i feel like sometimes some of the jedi like Luminara is a good example. Discipline leads to denial sometimes. I think it's easy to confuse, you know, it's almost fanatical in a way. Yeah. You cling to something so strongly that you can't see opposing points of view. And it really becomes, it's, you know, it's red versus blue. It's Sith versus Jedi Mm -hmm. instead of, like, they say Qui-Gon is kind of like a gray Jedi. Mm Mm-hmm. Not because he, like, embraces Sith ideology, but because he, like, realizes there's more than one point of view in the universe. He had a little bit of that harmony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And as you were speaking, (laughs) it made me realize denial versus discipline. Denial, let's go back to the diet talk. Denial is, Mm -hmm. I'm not having any cookies ever again. That's it. That's so sad. Agreed. It's the saddest thing you've Agreed. said today. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars isn't the saddest thing. It's the din- it's the lack of cookies. <laughs> but hear me out. <laughs> Denial is zero cookies. Discipline is I'm going to have two. I'm going to put them away, and I'm going to go about my day. Now, yeah, for Jedi. Denial is. I won't have any attachment. I'll have no love. I'm not going to like this person. I'm not going to hate this person. I'm just, it's, they're a, they are a person, period. Neutrality. Yeah, I'm neutral. But (laughs) discipline is, I like this person. I care about this person, but I'm not going to let that get in the way of what needs to be done or let it overcome my entire life like Anakin did with the thought of Padme dying. Like, yeah. He he was great right up until he was consumed by that. And that that is the lack of discipline, really. Mm-hmm. And I would say that Obi-Wan and Luke are particularly disciplined. Yes. Because 
Luke clearly had a lot of attachment Mm -hmm. and a lot of compassion. I mean, he even had compassion for Darth Vader, who blew up his sister's planet. Yes. (laughs) And like, ultimately, even though he loved Leia in Return of the Jedi, he said, like, if I don't come back, you carry on without me. Mm -hmm. I'm not so afraid to lose you that I can't still try to do what's right. Exactly. And that's discipline. And even in the moment of, like, temptation in front of the Emperor, the discipline was to still find the center, come back to himself. Even though he was, you know, tempted a little bit, there was a moment where you weren't sure. But then then he tossed the lightsaber and he gave it up in that that moment. And if he had not done that, where would we be, right? Right, exactly. So I've heard this uh, said before, and I'm interested in your opinion on it, that some people think George Lucas set up the Jedi in the prequel trilogy to fail, that the code is designed to actually give them blind spots that Palpatine was then able to take advantage of. And like the whole point was that Luke has attachment and Luke has affection and that's why he succeeds. So what do you think? Do you think that's, do you think he intended it to be, like intended it to fail? When he wrote the code. It would make complete sense for him to set it up that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, whether George had the foresight that it was going to go that direction after, you know, the original trilogy was made, I don't know. But it builds I... a great foundation for lifting Luke up and giving the opportunity to uh, do what he did with his father there at the end of Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, I, I I don't see how it couldn't fail. I don't see how it couldn't fail. I mean, look at the code. I mean, <laughs> and you could say the same about the Sith code, too. I mean, that's a little overboard as well. There has to be yeah. balance. So, yeah, the, the stuff that's in the Jedi code, I just don't see. If you don't have balance or the self-discipline, like we said, I don't see how it couldn't fail. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting to think about. I mean, had the foresight. I mean, this man had seven movies planned out in 1972 yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I just am, I'm of the mind that I don't want to speak for the genius, right? But, <laughs> I mean, it makes complete sense if he wrote it that way that, yeah, yeah. Because uh, without knowing anything, if I were to read that, I'd be like, this is, this is a bunch of bullshit. This is a failure. <laughs> this is a piece of failure. This code, junk. <laughs> Okay, so after all of this discussion, what would you say makes a great Jedi in your mind? What are the things that you want your perfect Jedi to embody, if you had to pick some? And who who would your perfect Jedi be? Do you have one that you think is perfect? I'd love to hear that, because it's, <laughs> it's hard to pick. <laughs> And it, it depends, like we said earlier, on the criteria you're judging by. So, mm-hmm. Well, do you have an answer? Do I? Yeah. I mean, it's really a tie for Luke and Qui-Gon because they're so similar. Luke a little more just because he's Luke and he's adorable. And Qui-Gon just because I, part of me is Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> he is I and I am him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not as cranky as he is, but honestly, on some days I am. 
On some days, I'm general grievous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> My God, I adore him. I do too. I just so relate to his pissiness. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Oh, well, I'm pretty much right there with you. I, I mean, Luke is the clear winner to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Qui Gon. Excellent Jedi. You could even say that um, Kanan was an excellent Jedi. Think That's of the sacrifice true. he gave at the end there. I mean. Oh my God. That scene makes me. Right? I cried. I lost my shit in that scene. Totally. I wasn't expecting to feel so much from it was that the, scene. It was the, if you want to talk about it, it's the focus on the eyes. They're just it their is. eyes. It is. It's the eye contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have to show anything else. But. Not to get off topic, but, you know, Kanan comes from a different school. It's post-Republic. He had, you know, he lived through Order 66, but he had a good balance. He had a lot of emotion. He was with Hera. Um, He had a Padawan, and he gave the ultimate sacrifice. He didn't let his emotions for Hera, you know, and the entire team get in the way. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So, but also on the flip side, I think Ahsoka is an excellent Jedi because she left the Jedi Order. She saw what was going on. She saw it was too strict. She saw that they were willing to betray their own, her. And she said, I'm out. Like, this doesn't... That makes her an excellent Jedi, to me. I agree with you. Because, like, the Council was so strict in, you know, living by the code. Yeah. But it's ironic because then they would ask people to do really dubious things. Mm-hmm. Like the Reiko Hardeen arc. Mm, the whole, have that whole Obi-Wan arc. F- he fakes his death and then, li- like, by default, lies to Anakin, crushing him. I mean, it's, like, that is an immoral thing. 100%. And, then, like, and how is Anakin not supposed to react? How would anyone not react to that? Their best friend, their father figure... They're relying on his reaction to sell it. Yeah. That, I thought, was terrible. That's that's two-faced, duplicitous, backstabby type stuff. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it's no wonder Anakin had such an issue. You know, and Ahsoka leaving was the final straw because she did what he desperately wanted to do but couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was stuck, Ugh. kind of. I know. Star Wars is very sad. Cookie, Not having cookies... All, always sad, but Star Wars is depressing. <laughs> but it's beautiful too, as are cookies. <laughs> All right, so last week we talked about the joy of lightsabers, our friends over at Saber Forge, and basically just collecting colors etc and we asked our viewers our wonderful viewers if you could choose your lightsaber color what would it be and i mean i might be biased but the comment we received from mh on youtube says oh lordy y'all were hilarious today thank you mh um she says he or she says i actually took a quiz some time ago and i got gold as my color as well and so mh we are gold buddies you guys are gold sabers unite <laughs> spirit animals together. <laughs> yes. We also got a comment from one small moose who says that 
he or she would choose blue. And the reason why? They are a protector at heart, and it matches their eyes. Because, hey, (laughs) who doesn't want to accessorize perfectly with their lightsaber blade? Am I right? (laughs) Seriously, that's a... That's a great... But I mean, when you think about it, Anakin and Obi-Wan, both blue-eyed boys yeah, with blue blades. So, one small moose, thank you. That's delightful. We appreciate your your coordinating, accessorizing theme. It will look beautiful. (laughs) You hit the town with your lightsaber. Yes! Yes. (laughs) So, of course, thank you again. We love... I mean, we we get comments from so many people... Uh, we're dr- just trying to keep it fresh and read from everyone, but we, we appreciate every single answer, response, comment that we get. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for all the kind feedback we've gotten so far really? as well. We've had some really nice comments, and it means a lot to us because this podcast is a lot of work, but it's a labor of love, and we have such a good time doing it. It is. Yeah. All we wanted to do with this was have a good time and... So far, it is completely paid off, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's been, like, always the highlight of my week, honestly, when yes. we work on it. Same. So thank you, viewers. So now you know what we think makes up a great Jedi and who we think actually are the best Jedi. So please, let us know, like we said, who do you think is the best Jedi? Why? And what do you think makes a great Jedi? Is it a few of the things we talked about? Is it all the things we... Is it none? Did we miss somebody? Please let us know. Chime in. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited now. Please send those responses in. (laughs) So with that, we'll wrap up today's episode. But next week's episode, we're flipping it. We're talking about the Sith Code and what makes a great Sith. One that follows the Sith Code, one that doesn't follow the sith code are there any good sith out there (laughs) that's a more complicated question what makes a good jedi i think it's gonna be fun i rarely get to delve into the world of the sith so let's do it next week yeah same i really don't spend much time in sith territory so i'm really looking forward to this well we're diving headfirst next week all in (laughs) sith we're taking maul with us the whole yes we are (laughs) and his legs his metal legs Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. For your one-stop shop, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.